while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices talk news program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. Today, my guest, very excited to have him on the show, I believe for the first time, even though we've met and and talked about the various issues about our election, John R. Brakey is the co-founder of Audit USA. Now, Audit USA stands for Americans United for Democracy, Integrity, and Transparency in Elections. Its mission is the public oversight of American elections, and uh, John Brakey is our guest today. Welcome, John. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure. It's good to talk to you again after my trip to Virginia. I guess that was almost uh, a year ago, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. about a year. Yeah. yeah. I hope I've summarized correctly that you're pioneering an achievable method of public oversight of elections to deter election fraud and ensure transparent and accurate vote counts. I think we're all painfully aware of 2000, So, but you tell us, John, describe to us, what, what are you doing with Audit USA? Well, I'm uh, traveling the country. I go into different states. Last year I did 13 states. This year I hope to do another five to six and then gear up for a bigger program. Our mission is, as you said, is to make elections transparent, trackable and publicly verified and we have found a way to do that without having to pass legislation what we have found most of the country has gone to optical scan hand marked paper ballots and during that process they finally went digital okay mm -hmm. and if I could explain the old system when your ballot went into a machine it was an optical scan using a technology called Mark Sense. It bounced light off a piece of paper, and if there was a dark spot, the light was absorbed, and that must have been your vote. Left no evidence behind that it was working correctly. Uh -huh. That's what we call a black box. Yes. The new system is a digital scanner. And a digital scanner, as your ballot goes into the machine, it takes a picture of that ballot both sides. And, and then uses that image to count your vote. 
Well, the blessing on all this is that, you know, the original ballot is hard to get in most states because it's the original, and they're afraid that you might have a piece of lead below your finger and make a stray mark on it, so it becomes a catch-22 problem. You cannot get it unless you can prove fraud first. Well, these ballot images don't have that problem because they're an exact copy. They're generated in the chain of custody and that they're a public record. As I was investigating it state to state, I found out that many states were destroying these records, mm. which is just incredible. And in my first case that I did, and I'm not a lawyer, I'm a paralegal, I'm an election transparency activist. I used to be an integrity activist, but I quit that because <laughs> I found out that the system didn't have much integrity to start off with. So I got over it and I worked towards the solution transparency. Mm. And these images are extremely valuable because if you are on a particular system like the ESNF, the largest vendor, I can show you that if you can get three records, one is the ballot image, two is the cast vote record, which is the results off that ballot image, and then you get the LVR, which is a list of vote records, which is a spreadsheet, then you can see everything that happened in that election. Thus, we took it a black box and now made it into a transparent box that we could prove that elections are real. And, you know, to me, Marcelo, that's awful important because in 2016, if not voting, I repeat, if not voting was a presidential candidate, they won by a landslide. They got 44% of the vote, okay? Hillary then got 28%. Trump got 27%. Now, I want you to know, in 1934, Adolf Hitler beat both those people. He got 34%. This is bad. We need... The American people are alarmed. We don't know if our elections are really meaningful, but we do remember what Mark Twain said. Mark Twain said over 100 years ago that if elections were real, they wouldn't let us do it. Yes. And I want to prove they're real, and we can do that, and we can restore this democracy, and we have to because we live in a country that's turned into a tribal country, and when I mean by tribes, you got the Fox tribe, you got the... You know, information uh, getting out. And people are, you know, uh, we live in a country now that what? We got, you know, alternative facts? Yes. Mm. How could this be? You know, so that's what I'm working on is to try to make elections transparent, trackable, and publicly verified. We almost had to sue in Virginia, but they did cave in and agreed to save, which was a good thing. We went off the floor to next what we did all well. You know, you and and I want to talk. I want to talk about the Russians because everyone thinks the Russians yeah. did it to us. But I don't want to forget to ask you about some of the the cases, the states you've gone against in court, and why and what results. But let's let's go to the Russians right away. I, I know the media tends to love to grab one simple big headline and then make that the whole story. But there's more to the 2016 election than the Russians are coming. What do you think? What what uh, what have you discovered? What's what other what's lying below that storyline? Oh, there's so much. It's an insider's game, is what it really is. Mm. You know, most people talk Russians, Russians. First off, you know, I was the first person in the country because you know I sued my whole state of Arizona back in 2016 yes. over the presidential preference election. I was the first person in the country to say, "Hey, our voter database was hacked." Mm, okay, mm-hmm. and and that's how I met uh, Chris Sauter, which uh, you know who he is, yes. he's our attorney, and he was Barack Obama's first election attorney. I met him 
through Bernie Sanders, because Bernie Sanders sent him into Arizona, and they asked who was the best guy in the state that Bernie, uh, that, uh, that Chris could work with, mm-hmm. and they said, Bill Reisner, my lawyer, and my lawyer said, no, you don't want me, you want Brakey, and we met, and so we've been working together. Uh, when we worked into Arizona together, he laid out, and we discovered how the voter database was gained, mm. and so I filed a lawsuit, and, uh, and everybody said I was crazy, there's no way that the voter database was hacked, and, uh, you know, I went to court and had a three-day trial. Uh, I, uh, uh, in a sense, I kind of won, but I didn't win at the final analysis. I could prove that there was problems going on, but I didn't meet a hurdle that in Arizona, when you file a suit like that, you have to prove that you were able to win. And I never claimed that Bernie Sanders won the state of Arizona. Uh-huh. I, I claimed that the election results look really bogus. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, there's such a thing called the rule of large numbers, and when, when voting happens, you get a trend. But you don't get a trend like this. A trend that had me concerned is that Hillary Clinton won the vote by mail by 60%, and Bernie Sanders wins the precinct vote by an average of 59%. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a 39-point difference. I call the split. Yeah. And then discovering that in Phoenix there was 160,000 people voter suppression, because, you know, the work that I do... It's election fraud's my big concern, but voter suppression, gerrymandering, and these other things are yes. very harmful. Yes, red and, mapping uh, the whole thing. You know, on that. But getting back to the Russians, it's a lot of talk. I want you to know, we, when Boris Yeltsin had his election many years ago in Russia, we spent a billion dollars interfering with his election. Mm. In Facebook, what did they spend? A hundred, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, one thousand? I don't know. Some kind of a number like that. And, uh, more on propaganda, okay? Getting into the voter databases is not relatively that hard. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, we've been very worried about it for years, and there's science, good scientists like Doug Jones out of Iowa, who is our special witness in that case, that they wouldn't let him testify, even though we had proof that the database was hacked because Anonymous hacked it, and he laid the formula out. And then we took it to scientists, and they said, yep, that's how you would do it. And mm. so basically, uh, we wound up with a situation that uh, three or four months later, the FBI said it was hacked. Mm. Okay? Okay. And, uh, but by who? Uh, we don't know, but typically it's an insider. Because most fraud is done by insiders. Yes, yes. You know, I and I just want to just make certain we make clear to everyone, you are saying that we hacked the Russians before they hacked us? Is that what you were saying? Well, my God, we got radio for Europe. We've been doing propaganda into the Soviet Union forever, giving out misinformation or information. They call it Radio Free America. Uh-huh. And and so basically, you know, it's a tit for tat. Mm-hmm. And I think that we tell the story... We should tell what we've been doing, yes. because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Both should not do these things, but and, and, and I'm not saying that they did. I'm just saying that I'm not so worried about it. I've cut enough inside fraud, and I know how it works, mm-hmm. and we have a problem. Okay. All right. Why are, like, for example, why are they destroying these images? How uh. can you destroy something in a chain of law, in a chain of custody, that the law says you must preserve for 22 minutes? One of my lawyers say, yes. Bill Reisner. They're protecting the right to cheat now or in some future election. And they don't want elections that are transparent, trackable, and publicly verified. 
We do. And, and you know, and I think uh, besides people like you, the federal government has claimed from time to time that this is the law and it is the law. But nonetheless, for the most part, elections remain under the control of different states, which is why I assume is one of the reasons you're going around from state to state and taking them on one by one as opposed to a collective uh, national attack. What say you about that? Well, we did do that, and we are doing it state by state. In Florida, we changed direction. We went ahead and we filed in federal court demanding that the feds do their job. Mm -hmm. So basically, we sued in federal court in Florida and thought we had a really good case, and we did. But the judge came back and he ruled, and I'll read you exactly what he wrote. And, uh, you know, the judge ruled that Audit 6 plaintiffs had no standing to demand the preservation of ballot images. Only the Justice Department, the judge said, had that ability. Mm. Quote, unquote, from the court, well, the court is sympathetic to the plaintiff's claim. 52 U.S.C. 2701 does not confer a private right of action to the plaintiffs, meaning that the plaintiffs, only the feds could have enforced this. Okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so our case was dismissed. On one hand, well, we're disappointed by that, but we did educate all of the election supervisors of elections who are elected people. Most of them are very good people. They were misled. And believe it or not, as we're suing them, they are filing in, well, they filed for a bill to make digital images part of the recount process now. So if if that happens, Florida, this is incredible, Mm -hmm. will become the second state in the union Uh out of 50 states. Right now, only one state, Maryland, does 100% audit because it's very disturbing to know that on election night, when they say that these results are unofficial, they give you the appearance that we're going to audit, we're going to check, we're going to do this and that, when the reality is they don't. They're just waiting to hear for complaints, and if everything's quiet, by a certain date, which is set by law, they will take those same election results and certify them. No audit. And that means we got a black box, which is easy to steal in. Maryland, what they do is that every county has to submit all of their ballot images and records to the state, which has a subcontractor, which does a 100% audit and re-adds everything up again on a different system that's not connected to the Internet. Okay? okay. Which you should be concerned about that when I say not connected to the Internet. Yes. Because... Yeah. We have found that they got cellular phone modems built into a lot of the precinct scanners in Florida, in the whole state of Rhode Island, uh, Wisconsin, we discovered these things. So this is a horrifying thing. And that's why we're hoping that uh, a bill may be passing in the next year that's going to give that private right of action to people. If the feds don't do their job, we, the people, need to be able to file a lawsuit and say, hey, Stop what you're doing. You're breaking the law. We are going to file a writ of mandamus. And a mandamus is you're mandated by law to follow the law. You took a constitutional oath, okay? Uh And it says you shall do these things. And if you don't do it, I can file a mandamus mandating you to follow the law and take your ass into court. Mm -hmm. It's a a good law for the American people that people mostly don't know or whatever. And so that's kind of the direction that we're going is to expose these things and run around the country, 
you know, meet with people. I try to advertise before I go in, have group meetings like the one where I met you at, mm -hmm. and expose all of this stuff. Because a few committed citizens really can make a difference yes. if they understand what's going on. But right now, sometimes it takes a geek to help understand the geek Greek language of the American election system. Yes. It's shocking what we've uncovered. And, uh, and I have a major paper coming out and a video, and then we're going to start making small little clips that will explain to you why you shouldn't trust a logic and accuracy test, which is like an emission test, okay? An mm -hmm. emission test, Volkswagen proved what happened. You know the story about Volkswagen, don't you? Yes, I do. Incredible. Yes. 580,000 cars. Yes. Passed emissions in this country maybe 2 million times. It, and it passed every time while it was putting out 40 to 80 times over the limit. Yes. That yes. test is the same as the logic and accuracy. It says everything is working right when it wasn't. And so, when to cheat. And, and so we make that analogy, that connection for us, for our voting system. So Well, we, it's the same thing. It's uh -huh. The logic and accuracy in an emission test prove one thing. Everything's working right when the reality is it can be programmed to cheat. Uh -huh. Most election people, when I go into their place, I say, well, how do you know that your computer is working perfectly? Oh, we run a logic and accuracy test before <laughs> and after the election. And I just smile at them. And then they ask me, are you a conspiracy theorist? And I go, no, I'm a conspiracy factualist. <laughs> Have you ever heard Volkswagen, what they did? Mm -hmm. You know, just to add to that story, I want you to know they built like 12 million of them worldwide. Yes. 580,000 were sold in the United States. Right now, they were fined $4.2 billion. And overall, in the United States, they've had to buy back all these cars, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's cost them $25 billion. They have 37 parking lots in this country. They're holding 380,000 diesel cars that they're maintaining and running still to see what the heck they're going to do with them. Ship them to some other country. This is this. Amazing, huh? It is amazing, and I'm glad you brought that up as an analogy because it helps us understand. I cannot tell you how many times uh, when I've been on the phone with various uh, agencies and 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 businesses that are involved in our government, and I get the kinds of answers that you're talking about, which is it's basically a new, updated, twisted, slightly confusing version of because we've always done it that way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A former guest who did the movie Stink, and I recommend that to everybody. It's a documentary because he had to he had to go through the same kind of things I go through. You ask the person on the phone, and their answer is really not an answer. It's it's <laughs> I don't know why it just isn't an answer, and we accept it, but we can't afford to accept it. Certainly not in our elections. We are talking to the great, the one and only. Of activists to prevent fraud in our elections, who is the co-founder of Americans United for Democracy, Integrity, and, and Transparency in Elections for Public Oversight of Elections, Audit USA. He is with us today. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with John R. Brakey. Stay with us. And now, enjoy Watchfire Music featuring vocal artist Jenny Burton singing Tear Down the House from Is Anybody Listening? Tear it up, uh, uh, yeah, we gotta tear it up. Break it down and start it again. Tear it up, uh, uh, yeah, we gotta rip it up. Break it down and start it again. Once and for all, now we'll build 
the child in you. Innocent hearts now, we'll build it, we'll build it for all the world to know. What's in the past, those who built it, did the things they had to do. But something happened along the way. Something happened along the way. Something managed to go astray. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk News Radio Program with my guest today, John R. Brakey. John, by the way, is the co-founder of Audit USA. Audit USA stands for Americans United for Democracy, Integrity, and Transparency in Elections, and its mission is public oversight of American elections. So there's a lot going on, and it's not just the Russians, as John confirmed in our last segment. John, so many things we were chatting about in between segments. What states are you going into next? How's that for a beginning? Okay, well, I'll, I'll uh, take state North, North Carolina. Okay. I'm going to cover the Congressional District Number 9 election. Oh, yes. The one that had the ballot harvesting and the ballot stuffing, and yes. they also have digital scanners. Yes. Uh, and half the counties in that district, and the whole state's getting ready to change. And, you know, when I go into a state, I do four things. And before I even get to that state, I've already done a lot of my investigative work already. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people I do four things. I investigate, I educate, I agitate when necessary, mm-hmm. and, and only if necessary, I will go into litigation. When our organization goes into a state, the first thing we do is we build a track condition report. And this report uh, lays out their election laws, how their procedures work how, if they audit or not, what kind of voting equipment. It's a pretty detailed report. And then I take that and I start visiting with these election departments. You know, before I ask the questions, I already know the answers to it. And I want to see how honest they are mm-hmm. and what kind of explanation. Because, you know, uh, most voters don't understand how elections work, so they can talk geek Greek to you and, and tell you how impressive everything is and how good it is. But it takes an expert to be able to pick it apart. And a lot of times... When I start asking and prodding on questions, they get a little nervous, and then they start saying, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever. (laughs) And then we usually get into a good civil conversation because, you know, there's a lot of groupthink going on out there. Like I was talking earlier to show tribes and groupthink and and trying to get people to start thinking for themselves and realizing how important elections are to our democracy is very, very important. Are you sort of building a team as you go? I know you have a very small board uh, that works with you, but in different states, do you do you build an organization that can maintain what you get started? Yeah, we do. And uh, Florida we did, and, uh, and in some other states, so we haven't got the funding, but I'm looking to get that funding because what I want to do is when I go into a state is that first off, 
Uh, I believe in what Margaret Mead said. A few committed citizens can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing it ever has. Mm -hmm. But I swear to God, if we form a committee and form this large, huge group, we're going to become a bureaucracy ourselves, and I don't want to do that. I'm building a horizontal organization, huh. not a vertical. There's gotcha. a lot of good, talented people out there who just need more training, and they also need to get a good stipend or a small payroll salary to maintain themselves while they dedicate their life for the next 18 months to making elections transparent, trackable, and publicly verified. That's the mission I'm trying to do. And you certainly are doing, and I, I guess what we've been talking about, I mean, we talk about the mission, but it's it's the Brakey Method, yes? B-R-A-K-E-Y, by the way. That's what they call it, yeah. Uh -huh. And it's really, it's a pun. The Brakey Method puts the brakes on election fraud. How about that? Okay, That's love it, love it. And That's what I like about it. And Nothing I invented. And at first I had a hard time saying that. It was named by Bev Harris, the black box voting, the number one person in this country has done just tremendous work showing how election fraud and exposing with the movie she made, Hacking Democracy, and her work over the last 16 years. It's incredible. She's also the one that found Fraction Magic. Oh, which yes. Which is an incredible device used in hacking. And yeah. everybody thinks that their vote is one vote. You think it would be whole. But we can. they can weigh your vote. They can go ahead. These The voting systems, believe it or not, are fractionalized. You, you you don't yes. have one vote. You have one vote that has 100 parts. And they can dial a formula in to make the voter database and the ballot numbers match. Like if 999 people voted in Memphis, Tennessee, where they found this, they could program it. And their voter database is tied to their ballot, believe it or not. Hmm. So if a black person walks in to vote, guess what? They might get three-fifths of a vote. Oh, my God. That's very yeah. reminiscent. Oh yes, yes. And, you know, that's part of the problem I'm finding, which really outrageous, uh, I'm outrageous finding, is that, you know, I've been in Ohio, 15 out of 88 counties had digital. Uh, the top the three that were not, I repeat, not saving these ballot images were the counties of color. Uh, uh, I was in Broward County. I watched that oh, whole thing. Yes. My God, they stole the senatorial race in Florida in one county. Broward County, yes. by ballot design. Okay, so so we let me break this down. I, I directed shows at the Broward County Center, so this interests me, and I know we're saying this about more than just one place, but so we're clear. There are states, election officers, and, and organizations in states that are using digitalized voting elections records, yep. but because they're digitalized, we don't have a paper copy, and they are just... No, you do. We do, do have... have a paper copy. Okay. That's the greatest thing. I mean, you have a paper copy, and then you have a digital. Okay. The paper is hard to get to because it's unique. It's, a, it's unique because you marked it by hand, yes. and they're afraid if anybody comes in and says, hey, I want to see the ballot, that they could have a piece of lead below their finger. Yes. Well, no, now, I got... Okay. The digital I, I, copy yes. is a copy that's also a public record that we should be able to get. Okay, so okay. my point is, what are they destroying? That's my question. The digital. So that's what I thought. Okay, so they yeah. are destroying the digital copy, which is ultimately the easiest way to preserve the record of our voting. And it should be open to the public, but it's being destroyed in certain states. And you're saying particularly in counties that are predominantly people of color. Yeah. But it's not the people of color who are doing it. It's the people who are running, who that's are counting right. the votes, right? 
tell us more. Yeah. Gee, tell us more, please. Yeah, yeah like, okay, let's just look at Ohio. Okay. okay. Franklin County, which is the capital, it's a highly county of color. Cleveland, which is Cuyahoga County. And then you have Hamilton, which is Cincinnati. Yes. Mm. Okay? okay. All three destroying. Okay? And why? Because they say they say they never turned it on. Well, I'm sorry, but that's a big lie uh -huh. because it's a digital scanner. It doesn't work unless it creates the image. And destroying these things is totally illegal. I'll give you a good example. Let's say that, you know, I bust you, I'm a cop, and I bust you with a pound of marijuana. Uh -huh. I tag it and I bag it, put mm. a seal on it, okay? And you're arrested, and I give it to Peter. Peter gives it to Joe. Joe gives it to Mary Jane. Mary Jane likes this stuff, okay? So she takes most of it. The bag winds up in court two months later, and the bag is open. Most of it's gone. The case is tossed. Chain of custody is everything. Yes. Contract, law. It's what they're destroying is, is sinful. It's illegal. And that's why we go into these states, because we know that these hackers, if they're there, they only steal where they have impunity. What is impunity? You know you'll never get caught. And you Preserving are... Preserving these images make it very hard for them to sleep at night, okay? Okay. And so that's what I look for. When I go into a state, I study the procedures. I look at how you audit. I find out where you're not auditing. In the state of Arizona, where do they steal? Not at the precinct. Those results look okay. It's at the vote by mail again because they don't sort those ballots. In Pima County, we have 440,000 voters that can vote during a presidential election and 350,000 votes by mail. And literally, one box of ballots, if we have 400 precincts, could have two ballots for each one. It would be impossible to audit. But with the images, you can sort them into a precinct and say, okay, I want those 800 ballots. I'm going to check them. And then we turn around and develop a program that will take the images and load it into a spreadsheet matching up to the actual results, okay? Uh -huh. And then we can verify. Now, what have you done? That hacker says, damn it. Yes. That breaking method. Put yes. the brakes on election time. <laughs> so when the people cheating and committing fraud with impunity, you, you have a, a nickname that people call you? The, you, you are the... You are the preventer. Impunity yeah. <laughs> so my job is to vigilance and make you paranoid. Yes. Yes. And I you might it. get caught because these people only steal if they can get away with it. Gotcha. And to the system is built to allow it, and these ballot images are screwing them up. And that's where they're trying to get rid of the ballot images. Next, they want to go to ballot marking devices. Listen, we can never. Get rid of that hand-marked paper ballot. That is the beginning. And because if it's a digital and it's uh, then marked by a machine, that mark will be the same mark on every ballot. It, uh, a mark on a ballot right now is almost like you making an X on a piece of paper because you're illiterate. Yes. Everybody makes their X a little differently. Yes. Well, how do we become involved? I think the more people... You need more people need to hear from you, obviously, which is why I asked you on the show. And I agree with your um, well, we'll talk about doing videos because I think that's important too. Uh, yeah. if, you know, so people can actually see what you are talking about and see you. But how do we as citizens listening to this report, 
uh, how do we get involved with you and or how do we clone you out in, in, in the hinterlands? How's that? How do we do that? Well, you know, in, in, uh, in Virginia, you know, I work with a couple of people there. One is a good friend of yours and Ye- mine, Andrea yes. Miller. Oh, yes. Fabulous. Okay. Yes. And also I'm working with the Green Party there. And, and so we may be establishing something in Virginia in the next few months. But right now the best way is to go to my site and sign up. And that's, uh, you know, uh, auditelectionsusa.org. And, you know, sign up. And, uh, and my email is uh, johnbrakey at gmail.com. Brakey is B-R-A-K-E-Y. And, and please do get involved. And, and I will send you to help educate you on this. And then uh, because, you know, Virginia, we think, has been corrected. They are saving, but we haven't tested that yet. Mm-hmm. And so what we're looking to do is the next federal election is where we have power because under the 22-month law is to jump in on that, even though I'm very interested in Virginia because what got me involved in Virginia was two years ago was that last statewide election and how they destroyed all of the images for the uh, house, the, your house races there that were yes. decided by pulling up a lottery, and uh, and they led us to believe that they were saving the images, but they weren't. Mm. Yes, and I... we found that out that they destroyed them twice. And then when they pulled the lottery, the Republicans somehow said, "Hey, we got a ballot here, and we really think it's uh, a vote for the Republican, not." And so three Republicans said it was, and it passed. And so. The, uh, I guess your camera, I guess they call it the, your legislative body, because I guess it's just one body of 100 people, right? Well, the General Assembly does have two houses, yeah, yes, Assembly, yes. Yeah. But there was a flip of a coin, and we have the House of Delegates, yeah. and we have the Senate, state senators in okay. the General Assembly. Good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, interesting process. But anyway, it would be nice if we knew that elections were real, and you know, regardless if there's election fraud or not going on, with all the talk about the Russians and all the talk, we need to restore confidence in elections, and we need to be able to show people as a fact, not as a theory, that elections are real. Yes. And by being able to take these election results, publish the ballot images online by precinct, and say, hey, world, come audit us. Yes. That's how we did it. Yes. And we're proud of what we in America. And... Uh, and I think that we could take our country back because, let's face it, we're corporately ruled. Yes, okay? yes. If it's a really stormy, rainy day, I don't think people are going to stand in line and get soaking wet and cold. What they're going to say to themselves, I'm sorry, Mark Twain was right. It really doesn't matter. We can see by how laws are written that they're written by the rich and not by us. And, you know, I am a Bernie Sanders supporter. I just did his, you know, over the weekend we had a nationwide. And I was very impressed when he said, that don't count on me doing this, mm-hmm. even if I was elected, it has to be us. Mm-hmm. And that is an important message, that this is our country, and we all have to stand up and start being us yes. as Americans. that's right. Either we, as I call. Yeah. Very uh, it, it, it's an excellent message, and it's certainly a challenge. It's a gauntlet to us, because, as I often say, right. I mean, there, there's certainly plenty of things going on behind the scenes that are shady at the very least, and probably illegal many times, a love of wealth in some people that, um, you know, they're afraid of losing that power, so they do almost anything to make certain they can maintain it and stay in power. And I don't just mean 
members of Congress or governors or whatever. I mean, by staying in power, it's the people who are funding the government and uh, who who uh, want you know who want their private enterprises to stay in power. I, I do believe that after World War II, the worst thing that happened after the war is that the Marshall Plan was twisted into a into corporatism over the years. And you know, it was in the United States. You know, one thing I learned, I do a lot of conferences and I go publicly speak, mm-hmm. and I was at this one conference that uh, a gentleman who was talking about Europe and the Marshall Plan, and he said, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but, you know, why does Europe have better media than us? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's because in the Marshall Plan, out of the ashes, they never wanted to see a Hitler rise again yes. with propaganda. Yes. Okay? And so they developed in the government, that's where the BBC, where France had their media, an independent media that was not corporately or controlled by the super rich, and that they have a better chance of getting the truth out than we do in our country with all the tribal media services that we have and the play that they do on helping perpetrate, you know, uh, more groupthink in this country that's damaging. Yes. All right. John, we're going to have to go, but that is an excellent way to end the show today. An incredibly informative and passionate, accurate, uh, someone who's definitely boots on the ground, if you will. You are you are not just talking the talk. You are walking the walk. You are out there calling the states to uh, toe the line for a transparent elections. You are calling them on their dubious explanations when they cannot produce digital voting records. And of course, as you've mentioned, particularly in counties that are predominantly people of color, you are exposing that it's disproportionately, it is those digital ballots that are being somehow lost to posterity. All right, John, uh, give us that website one more time so we know how to get in touch with you. And you mentioned something about funding. How can we fund? uh, Well, I have a little donation site there. And uh, and if we have any big funders, please give me a call because, my God, this is an incredible election coming up. Yes. Uh, You know, know, one thing we didn't touch upon, but, you know, gerrymandering is really one of the worst things that's happening out there. along with voter suppression and election fraud. And, you know, this is a year that after 2020, the census is done, we go into another round of computerized gerrymandering, making your vote worthless, okay, by being able to figure, by building us into boxes. And Mm. uh, terrible, terrible. Anyway, uh, best way, audit, just like the word audit, audit elections with an S, so auditelectionsusa.org, and then my name again is John Brakey, John, and then Brakey, B-R-A-K-E-Y, all connected, at gmail.com. Please email me. Let me know that you'd like to get involved and get informed. You'd be surprised what a few committed citizens can really do, especially if you're taught well and we're good teachers. All right. Excellent. Thank you Thank so you, very sir. much, John R. Brakey, co-founder of... Audit USA, Americans United for Democracy, Integrity, and Transparency in Elections. Thank you, John R. Brakey, for being our guest today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Wishing you all the best. Bye now. Bye. Welcome to the Andy Fell Minute. In history class, most of us learned that the Civil War ended the institution of slavery in America. The 13th Amendment declared that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude should be legal in the land. 
except as a punishment for crime. It is this conspicuous loophole that award-winning director Ava DuVernay explores in her blistering documentary, 13th. Through a series of interviews with academics, businessmen, and politicians from both sides of the aisle, along with horrific historical photographs and modern video footage, 13th makes the case that slavery never disappeared in America. It only changed form. First with the Jim Crow laws of the South, then in the 80s as the war on drugs, and now with the disproportionate mass incarceration of black Americans. The subject matter is difficult, but DuVernay has edited the film so as to make it impossible to turn away. There are no moments of silence, no places to catch your breath. Hip-hop lyrics punctuate the film's segments, relentless in their plea for justice. If ever a film deserved to become required viewing across America, it would be 13th. Watch it tonight. 13th. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. It's time to question how we bring home what's been lost. Who taught us to focus on rude, crude posturing instead of distinguishing ourselves as everyday heroes sans headlines? What will it take to shift from problem fascination to solution focusing? When will we divorce bewildering bellowing, marry wisdom that permeates time out, and rebirth the family value of peaceful assembly? Where, in a land of the free, does being a patriot award freedom to belittle with abject name-calling, or the liberty to assign angry adjectives to nouns of diversity? Why do we increasingly flock like sheep to bah at behest of blah blah of over-consumerism, over-zealous zealots and over-aged politicians pimping redundancy of wolves in sheep's clothing as the new world order for the natural order of things? One, keeping women in their place. Two, children seen but not heard. Three, LGBTQ Muslims and Mexicans banned from real citizenship. And finally, the South shall rise again for real. How can we continually turn a blind eye to the consequential discrepancy between an NRA mea culpa projecting the fault of its internal morality hemorrhage as a victim of North aggression? Who can overlook the hourly pretension of media hyperbole accelerating forth the state demise, partnering with the pomposity of a pretender-in-chief, tweeting unsubstantiated slings and arrows of outrageous fortune? What exactly about democratic socialists so irritates conservatives' anti-inclusive short-sighted militia itch and exposes anti-American lock-and-load threat to Trump's damaging horde and his damaged objectives alike, both struggling for very different Americas in a racist presidential swamp, depositing them in an inequitable economic bog. Where is any possible Trump-Pence sting when those who so love the world love it enough to save all life upon it? Because you see, hate as a right-wing required acquired taste is only digestible family value in the hearts manipulated into harboring it. 
Why is it that the two-thirds of these United States for whom the natural order of things has evolved from civil war, mutating into Jim Crow laws, which embolden Ku Klux Klan and ultimately a reality show invasion of all levels of American government, still settles for a rerun of maniacal McCarthyism scare tactics? How can we not now vote? no matter how tattered our elections and political parties, to resurrect from Trump ashes a good Samaritan patriotism that is honor-bound to elect champions inspired by a duty-bound electorate demanding an all-inclusive American dream. While banning Muslims, spreading presidential manure on less fortunate countries, restricting marriage licenses, gunning down each other in schools, workplaces, and places of worship, we fail our definite major purpose to, as stewards, preserve, protect, and defend the earth and all life upon it. How else then do we emerge from slave Bible, green book, and faith movies through FDR, JFK, MLK to AOC, a ratified ERA, and incorruptible DOJ? We do so when we stand tall and deliver on the promises we've preached. Colorblind justice, individual eradication of sexual harassment, gender bias, radical bigotry, and the religious hypocrisy of insulting biblical lessons like love thy neighbor as thyself with the asterisk as long as my neighbor looks and thinks as I do. Who among us remembers what America can do when we look for miracles in each other? What contribution can't rainbows mingling with LGBTQ, people of color, and descendants of immigrants make to the United States of America? When will we stop demanding change but voting for those who can't yet fathom there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in a conservative Republican's philosophy? Where is home? for a third of Americans who reject the abundant potential of an in-depth foundation of democratic miracles. And why do we forget we didn't have a clue for a cure for tuberculosis, smallpox, polio, mumps, measles, chickenpox, and the flu until we did? So what's next? Climate change and climate injustice. How can America find its way home through the aftermath of Trump confirming what is past is prologue by allowing our Gettysburg Address to define each of us to all of us? To the degree as country and individual, we discover and digest the direct line of America's ascending homegrown tyranny in our nation's current trajectory through Nixon's Watergate, Reagan's trickle-down, Bush-Cheney's Great Recession we will understand how we were bathed in the racism, sexism, religious hypocrisy, and white supremacist prep for Trump-Pence. When, if not Tuesday 3 November 2020, will we progress from our sea to shining sea troubles, and by opposing William Barr, Stephen Moore, Mnuchin, Mitch McConnell, Pence, Trump, vainglory mirage, end their reigning weight on our backs? For the freeing truth that hurts most is ignorance is not bliss. Denial is the opiate of cowards, and change is terrifying. But progressing forward anyway is the courage of unsung heroes. For without the valiant, humanity and its planetary home are doomed. So now, let us invite the wisdom that comes from investigation, making we the people the affirmation 
to never again tolerate what we ourselves have wrought. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.